in the past, we've seen that media are likely to kind of give equal weight to both the the climate science and climate skeptics. Um, I don't think we see that quite as much as we used to. And I think that's what my, my colleague Max Boykoff's work is showing is that that is improving over time, although it's by no means perfect. However, I think that as media, as journalists become more confident in, um, in talking about and discussing climate change and understanding that it is an important component of so many of our stories, whether it's transitions to new energy economy, whether um, it's natural disaster events and, and so on and so forth. Um, sometimes they even get it wrong when they put it in there, right? Because we see, for example, with some a lot of our coverage here in Colorado with floods and wildfires, that a, while the climate science um, and climate scientists argue that those events are consistent with what we're likely to see in the future with increased climate change, we can't say that the 2013 floods in Colorado were caused by climate change, for example. And so it's tough. It's a very complex thing for journalists to get right. Um, but even when they do try, it, it seems to me that they're either leaving out that part of the complexity, um, that it could be climate change. It also could be quite simply, we're building more houses in flood prone and wildfire prone areas. Um, but equally, we also see many times where, for example, in national networks, they're likely to over attribute climate change to um, Superstorm Sandy, for example, when, yes, you know, the, the ability to link a single event to climate change, we're not there yet. And so we often see, uh, see journalists get it wrong on either end of that spectrum where they're over kind of over attributing climate change or ignoring it. Um, because really the, the truth is somewhere in the very messy complex middle. What is the overall impact of that on just the general public and then ultimately on policy that is being created around some of these climate change issues? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. And that's where a lot of my research looks. Um, so tomorrow night, my job, I have a background in journalism, but it's been a long time. And Michael Kodas is, uh, is my colleague who's going to bring um, the far, mo far more um, uh, professional journalism perspective. I'm bringing the perspective of the social scientists. And what I'm going to present tomorrow night is some of the social science that shows the, the ways that media do influence how we as individuals or collectively as a society um, understand these really complex environmental issues. So we tend to kind of um, ascribe such great power to media. Media are everywhere. And so we know that media are a huge part of our lives, whether it's news media, whether it's entertainment media, and so on and so forth. But that goes too far. We know that media are not these all-powerful forces, although they are very important in our lives. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to present um, some, some of the research that shows how media do in fact influence us. One way is by establishing the agendas that we all care about in our lives and also those agendas that are, 
our politicians, our policymakers pay attention to by highlighting certain issues in the world around us and ignoring others simply you know, because there's not time to, to cover everything, certainly. Um, we know that there are certain things that are important in our world and media play an important role in that. And then also in, in framing or in constructing the images and the ideas and how we understand those issues. So I'm going to talk a lot about those two things. And from my perspective in, in policy and politics, the way that media influence um, policy most importantly is by helping define the problem. So there in policy we like to talk about how problem definition is at the core of what we do about a problem. Right. So for example climate change is this huge beast of a problem and it's not just one problem. There are myriad problems associated with it whether it's with extreme events and natural disasters, whether it's about refugee populations and, um, and, and conflict and, and stability, whether it's simply about our, our ecology and the changing nature of the world around us. There are so many things that are part of this huge problem, but depending how we choose to define that individually and as a society, it's going to lead very directly to how we choose to solve it. So if we are only focused on the economics, if we are only focused on disasters, those are, you know, we're likely to build higher flood walls and, and you know, kind of do disaster mitigation and preparation rather than kind of get to the core of, of some of the things that, um, that may be causing climate change and perhaps some of the even more crucial um, uh, symptoms or, or um, uh, uh, sorry, results of climate change. And so, um, so that I think is really the most important thing is that kind of problem definition. When people have access to so much information now with the internet and so many people do get their information from social media, how can people be assured of not getting bias laden information or being confident in the sources that is giving them this information? So the first part of your question is really excellent. The Washington Post had an article this, I think it was this past week, and it was fascinating. And it essentially showed side by side on several important issues like gun control, um, what a, a liberal person's Facebook feed would look like and what a conservative person's Facebook feed would look like. And really, the punchline was that because we can curate and kind of, um, uh, edit out what we don't like, what makes us uncomfortable um, to hear or to read, we now get very homogenous information. We no longer all share kind of, you know, there was one time in our country where everyone was watching the, the three major networks and everyone kind of had this shared base of information about current events and public affairs. We no longer have that at all. And so it is becoming, I think, increasingly difficult to cross that divide because populations in our country have such different interpretations of what is actually going on in the world. So I think that's dangerous. I think it's really scary. Um, and we see it certainly, you know, in we tend to kind of point fingers at Fox News and others and say, you know, that's happening on the conservative side, but it's also certainly happening on the liberal side. And I think the onus is kind of on everyone to purposefully um, even when it makes you really, really uncomfortable, uh, try to access information that is not 
in your kind of normal worldview or your normal menu of information. Some people are more comfortable and better at that than others. Um, I, and I certainly struggle with that in my, my own life. I think we all do, but I think it's something we could all kind of tackle as kind of a project. And I think we'd be more informed or at least have a better idea of what, what other information is out there as a result.